Psalm number 47. If you have a Bible, say amen. amen. If you want to read it, say amen. amen. If you read it loud, give me an amen. amen. Alright, good. So let's read our Bible together. Um, let's open to the, let's do the New American Standard. We use that. Let's make sure everybody is reading the same thing. Are we ready? One, two, let's go. Oh, clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with a voice of joy. For the Lord Most High is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. He subdues peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chooses our inheritance for us, the God of God whom he loves. God has ascended with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth, sing praises with a skillful sound. God reigns over the nations. He sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people have assembled themselves as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. The Lord Most High is to be feared. And he is the king over all the earth. And that's Jesus Christ that has been described. We exalt him again today. We exalt Jesus. He subdues peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chooses our inheritance for us. The glory of Jacob whom he loves. Father, we give you praise. As we gather together again this evening, our aim is to be fed by your spirit. We want the spirit of God to flow into us by the entrance of the word. Grant that to us, Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Because we believe this, we declare as follows. One, two, let's go. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. It is making me more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 I said amen. amen. Again, that's what God is going to do for you today. At the end of today, you'll be better than you were when we started. In Jesus' name. Let's take our seats. All right, let's let's, uh, start again today. We are going to continue what we began to study. We began it looking at the true worship of God. And we have established that the worship of Jesus Christ, the worship of the Father, is not a part-time thing. If you're a believer... You serve God constantly, not part-time. The way you wake up in the morning, you are worshipping the Lord. The way you do your work throughout the day, you are worshipping the Lord. The way you go to sleep at night, the things you accomplish in the day, they are all to be in the service of the Lord. That is what Christianity is. And that's one reason why we do not have to go to a place of worship. Like they had to go to Jerusalem. We worship him all the time. 
We don't have to go to a particular place where the Lord has placed his name like he did that time. He said, now we worship him in spirit and in truth. That's what Christianity is. So we've been looking at the fact that this God has a purpose for our lives. And we have to follow the purpose, the plan that he has for our lives. If indeed we are going to be true worshippers of his. And that's what we began to look at. We began by explaining the fact that as believers, we must be consumed with the pleasure of God. Sometimes people want to know, did God command this or did not command this? I said that is not how Christians reason. Christians reason like this. Does this please God or it does not please him? Because there are many things that you can have a scripture to say that it's right for you to do. But if you read closely through the scriptures you will find out that it does not please God. I hope you're getting my point. You say, is it possible for God to give us an instruction to do something that does not please him? The answer is yes. For example, he allowed Israel to put away their wives and give a certificate of divorce. And Jesus said it was because of the hardness of their hearts. The people were not willing to fully follow God. So he told Moses, okay, tell them they can do this. He said, but in the beginning, it was not so. So for us true believers, what we are concerned about is what? What pleases God, the pleasure of God. Another illustration, people sometimes, this is a matter of fact, people look at for how to get away with things. We use money as an example. They want to give God 10% and then the rest is theirs. (laughs) And then they start hiding behind that so that people are able to now shut up the compassions in their hearts when they see needs. Why? I have paid God off. But it doesn't work like that for us believers. Our aim is to be pleasing to him all the time. Our aim is to be pleasing to him all the time. So, we said he has a plan for our lives. He does. And that's what we must seek to walk in. That's what we must seek to walk by. I just feel like reviewing something I said in that line again. Because it's something that comes up again and again. I've talked about the thought on it several times. Okay, But let me just emphasize it to us again. And as I said it today, this morning in the back lake, that you see, one brother was saying something. I said, maybe you heard God. You know, those of us who are there, the way I did, I said, I don't harass us with this, you heard God thing. Do you understand my point? That people hear God all the time. They hear anything they want to hear. Hearing God is inferior to knowing God. There's a word of difference. You hear what I said? Hearing God is inferior to knowing God. Hearing God is inferior to walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please Him in all respect. It's inferior. When you want to hear specific instructions, a time will come you will hear an instruction and it will not be accurate. Because there was a time Balaam had an instruction. And what was the instruction? Balaam came and said, can I go with the people of Balak? And God said, you can go. And on the way, God was going to kill him for going. Even though it was God that said he could go. And the reason is because, you see, I said, the heart, the rightness of the heart is more important than the accuracy of the doctrine. I hope you're getting my point. That this is not whether you have the letters right that's the issue. Is your heart really right? In the case of Balaam, you see, your, your, your doctrine can never be accurate. That's what I was trying to say. Can never be accurate if your heart is not right. It's not how much you add letters together that will give you the right doctrine. It is whether your heart is right fully. In Balaam's case, what happened was that God did not want Balaam to go. He said it to him the first time. Why? The people are blessed. You cannot curse them. Balak was hiring him to go and curse the people of God who are certifiably blessed. 
And God told him as much. The people are blessed, so you cannot curse them. And he went and told the people of Balak. This is what God said. When they came back, they thought it was a matter of money. They brought more money. And then Balaam went back to God and said, they have brought more money. Can I go? You know, there are things you say. God says, you see, you are insulting me. What you are saying is that the reason I said don't go the first time was because the money was not enough. <laughs> do you get my point? What you are saying is that the first time I said do not go, I lied when I told that the people are blessed. What you are saying is that if I have enough money, I will be able to over, you know, turn the people's blessing. You have said so many things in that prayer request. There are things you should not say. There are things you should not say to the Lord. And that was what happened to Balaam. So when he said that, God now said to him, go. Again, did God say to him, go? Yes. Was it God that said it? Yes. Did Balaam hear it? Yes. Was it accurate? No. Was it the will of God? No. So that tells you it is possible to hear something that is not the will of God. If the heart is not right. So this is what I teach to believers. Get a right heart. Train your heart to be right. Stop looking for how to scheme, you know, around, you know, the instructions. And trying to find scriptures that say you can do something. Try and learn the heart of God. You want to be like him. There are things, there was a time some people anointed Jesus Christ. They anointed his disciples, actually, his apostles with him. And they said, should we call fire down from heaven to consume them? And Jesus did not say you can't call fire down. He said you don't know the kind of spirit that you have. That is, you see, that is not the way I handle such things. Let's just go. Now, I'm going to say something here. For us believers, that is what's important to us. That is what is important to us. That is what we want. We want to be like God. We want to reason like him. And if we get ourselves into this kind of condition, into this kind of situation, walking in his will will become automatic. So you will find out that even though he doesn't give you a specific instruction, if you were to look at the records of heaven and the plan of God concerning your life, you will be walking in them even though you don't know them specifically. Why? You have the heart of God. I hope you're getting my point. The heart of God reacts in a particular way under a particular situation all the time. So if you have the heart of God, it doesn't have to command you. You will know what is right to do. And that's what we believers must go for. Like I said towards the other time, my own aim, my personal aim, I believe by the Spirit of God, is to help people understand how the heart of God is is to help them start reasoning the way God does. It's to make, help Christians understand spiritual things. Because when you have understanding, it's easy to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects. When you have spiritual understanding, you will, even though God doesn't speak to you expressly, you will have, I mean, when you have to make a decision, you will make the right decision. Every single time. And the times you will almost miss it, he will now interject by himself to stop you. He will use all kinds of methods. He will use circumstances. He will use the voice of a friend. He will make use natural you know, occurrences stop you from disobeying him. Please, I hope you are getting my point. Please, let me recommend that book again, Guided by the Spirit. So I'm teaching us now again, listen, there's a way things are spiritually. And the point I'm getting to is this. I think I've said it, I can't remember exactly what we said last time, but I know, that there's, I know where we're supposed to go to next. But I remember, I introduced the fact that Nobody, every Christian, your life is not an accident. You are not tossed into this earth to go and find out what you will do with your life. Please, is it this background understanding we help you make decisions? I hope you're getting my point. Yes. You were not taught, 
tossed into this earth to go and see what you can make of your existence. Now I've been born. What can I do? Where am I needed? Now I'm growing. Uh, what do I need? Well, what can I do? Eh, I think I'm very good at um, uh, building. Let me go and build. Oh, the building market is bad. Let me go to the um, uh, mining market. Oh, they need more pastors now. Let me go to Bible school. Oh, the, the corruption is too plenty in Nigeria. Let me join EFCC. You're just going around trying to fix things. Even though it sounds noble, that's not the way it works. Did you hear what I said? Even though it sounds noble that you want to help, that is not the way it works. There can be a stage in your life in which God says anything your hand finds to do, do it. Just prove faithful. Just be, just be a um, responsible, faithful, dependable person. Just go around being a blessing. Just know it's a particular phase in life. A time will come when God will say, listen, you must focus on the real reason I gave you life. And that's what I'm going to make. So our lives are not haphazard. God give each person life so that we will do certain things specifically at certain times in certain places. Did you hear what I said? Moses was born not so that he would just be a freedom fighter. Moses was born to liberate the people of God from bondage in Egypt, take them into the promised land that God you know, promised to their fathers. That was the life of Moses. I hope you're getting my point. Moses, if Moses had left there and said, look, these Jews, I can send you Joshua. I can send you Caleb. They will help. But I heard that the certain Africans down towards this, um, what do you call it, the southern uh, tip of the continent, they are in bondage to another set of uh, Egyptians. Let me go and liberate them from southern Africa and take them over to West Africa. And if he does that successfully, he would have been a failure. Yes, he was a redeemer, a liberator, a deliverer of slaves from bondage into their own land. But God did not say, go and liberate those bound in southern Africa and take them to West Africa. What the Lord said is the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the people you call the sons of Israel, they are in bondage in Egypt. Go into Egypt and bring them out as I will command you from the bondage of Pharaoh and lead them into the land of Canaan. Please, are you getting my point? We need to bear this in mind. What looks haphazard to us is actually not haphazard to God. He has an eternal plan. And every time you don't work in his plan, you scuttle the overall plan for a season. You see what I say? This is true. This is very, very true. Every time you don't work in his plan for your own specific life, you scuttle the overall plan for a season. And if all of us... <laughs> I don't know why I'm smiling, why I'm laughing. It maybe just struck me again. If all of us decide not to work in, like now, you, you don't work in specific plan for your life, he doesn't work in specific plan for his life, and we're all Christians, we're all children of God. He doesn't, I don't, you don't, you don't. Then when God counts enough people, that is, all of us can freeze the plan of God for a hundred years. This is a scary part of life. Okay, let me tell you one part of life I don't like. And I've tried to tell the Lord about it, even though I know you can't do anything about it because he already done something. He has done it like that. That's the way he did it. This is one part of life I don't like. Want to know what that part of it? Yes. The fact that Joshua and Caleb did not doubt God, yet they did not enter the promised land on time. Joshua did he doubt God? Did Caleb doubt God? 
Did they enter the promised land a day ahead of the rest of the Israelites? That's the part of it I don't like. That no matter how much I obey God, if I don't gather my brethren to obey God with me, there are certain things that he plans that may end up not happening in my lifetime. And it's not for any fault of mine. It's simply because he joined me to other people. You know, Caleb believed God. You know, Caleb felt bad, tore his clothes. He shouted himself sore, hoarse, you know, like we say. His voice became you know, cracked so that the people will believe God and enter. And God mentioned his name specifically here and Caleb. As only these ones, they are the ones that will enter. They didn't enter for the next 10 years. The next 20 years were they inside. 30 years later, where were they? The wilderness. The full 40 years that sinners were in the wilderness, they also were there. And the only thing, okay, that helped them was what? They did not, sorry, the only blessing was that they did not die. That is the only blessing that they did not die. So the sins of the other people kept them in bondage for that length of time. The reason is because God joined them with the people. In fact, the purpose of the life of Caleb was to help the people inherit that promised land. So God could not take them in a day ahead. That's him ahead of them. No matter what God has planned, hmm? no matter how purposed he is in his plan. Now listen, to, let me, before I say that, God has joined himself to us in the plan that he has. Anything he wants to do, it requires our cooperation. We have to work with him. Don't assume that if Moses said, no, I will not agree to go and deliver the people of Israel, they will just get up and walk away with Joshua. It won't happen. The people will remain in captivity, in bondage, for maybe the next, well, maybe five years, <laughs> not likely. Maybe the next 30 years, 40 years, before God will raise another Moses. The one I said now that just made me laugh was that I said, so if all of us just gather and say we will not work in, our, in the individual plan of God for our lives, the overall plan of God will suffer. Eventually, he will do it too. Just that instead of it being 2022, like we are in, it might become 2052. Instead of being 2052, it may become 2072. And 2072 from today, the way, last time I checked it, when my mathematics was still good, it was 50 years. Which means that what you wanted to see in your lifetime, for you to be able to see it, you have to live for the next 50 years. And if you are the type that gets tired of living before I tell you are 88, you will never see it. And sometimes, see, what I'm saying there, please, let's get this clear. This is our Christianity. Let's do it too. Do you know your faith affects mine? Yeah, it's surprising. God may want to bless you here. The two people on your left will say no, and that's it. And they won't know they are saying no. They won't know they are saying no. That is why God is so careful about your company. The seat you sit in. Where you stand. A man came to Jesus who was blind. Jesus took him out of the village to go and pray for him outside. Say, well, in that village you will never get healed. The people are charged the atmosphere with unbelief. Yes. They charge the atmosphere with unbelief. Jesus dragged him by the hand outside, laid hands on him. The man didn't see properly. He laid hands on him a second time. He's the only person in the Bible that Jesus was conversing with. Can you see now? He said, Is that Jonathan there or Cucumber? He wasn't sure. Jesus said, okay, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. 
before you go and start harvesting human beings. He put hands on his hand, eyes on him again, and spoke to his eyes before the man began to see clearly. And then he instructed him, don't go back into the city. If you go back in, you know what will happen? You'll go blind again. Why? The people have generated a negative environmental unction. Enough. Now, listen, you may say that, ah, my, yes, it is possible for his own faith to be so great that he will overcome their own negative influence. But sometimes it is hard. Why not have people cooperate with you? In fact, it's not you I want to talk about now, but sorry, like people affecting your faith. But you, make sure you, you, are, you generate faith around you. That's what I mean. I don't discourage anybody who wants to do anything by faith, no matter how ridiculous. I will sit with you and talk to you. I just want to perceive whether you are talking by faith or you are talking by foolishness. Because people will be behaving as if they have faith when they don't have. Talk with the person you will know. Is it just copying somebody? Like sometimes, I mean, I've had this encounter. I mean, people have to take treatment for one terrible disease or the other. I don't want to take this medicine. I'm very careful. Because the reason why some people don't want to take the orthodox medicine, there are so many reasons. Sometimes those medicines are not nice. Sometimes they are very expensive. Sometimes they don't work as well as we would have loved them to work. It's not this person has faith. The person doesn't like these three things I've just pointed out to you. This is going to be costly. It's going to hurt me. And it may not work as well. So he's rejecting that one, but it's not really working by faith. So that's what I do. I want to talk to you. Are you working by faith? There's a way of just talk. And they will, will keep on reasoning with scripture. Please listen. There's no common sense in the things of God. There's no common sense. There's no common sense. What we use is the word of God. We'll just be discussing it. Just be, when I say, just read it out. The Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. As simple as that. I've realized that. Now, let me not sit on it too much. The point I'm making is that I've disciplined myself to boost your faith. I won't discourage you. I will not discourage you. I read, this, I read the story of a man. He went for a meeting. He was totally paralyzed or something. Was in a wheelchair. Couldn't move. Went for that meeting. They prayed for him. He got up from his wheelchair and walked. Miracle, right? Then he sat in his house. His pastor came to see him. The pastor knocked. He got up, opened the door for the pastor. The pastor came in, sat with him, asked him what happened. It's proof to him that the days of miracles are gone. A man that had received that miracle... Yet somebody spoke with him and explained to him that the age of miracles are gone, uh, is gone. And he thanked the pastor. And the pastor got up and left. And he never got up again the rest of his life from that chair. Yes. It's amazing. He never did again. He was the one that got up to open the door for the man to come in. When the man was leaving, the man had to get up and go by himself. And that man never got up from that chair again. That's just the part of it I told you I don't like. So that's why I believe you choose your company very well. It's not everybody you sit down and gather. They affect you. You don't know it. They do. I'm talking about company. I'm talking about just visiting. Some people run away from village Christmas time. That's not the one I'm talking about because of witches. Like I said, go to the place and show the witches. And then go back to where you are. I'm talking about people you sit with, interact with. Make sure there are people of faith. Now, please, remember what I was saying. So if individually we say we will not cooperate with God. Now, listen. We did not all come together and say, let's join our hands. God's plan will not succeed. I want us to agree. Join our hands. Oh, yeah. 
Mm, the plan of no, we didn't do that. We just individually just say we will not work in the plan of God. Like one brother said, no, be me go repair Nigeria. One of our brothers, I said, don't say that again. He was trying to say that. Look, let, look, like my wife was praying earlier. Let us assume now they are cheating an exam. You no, know? I'm not the one that will stop it. Let me just do my own and go. That decision has set back the progress of the whole nation. That one was maybe for 10 minutes. Yeah, I'm just breaking that to 10 minutes. If enough of us do that, you can set, that the, set back the progress of the whole nation for 10 years. God helping me. Because, of course, I teach, I listen to me, the things I say. I bear in mind to obey them. So the little way I can, I try to make sure that I'm not those, among those who are setting the progress back. You know, sometimes you've been to traffic before. Everybody's queuing on one line. There's another line coming. Then suddenly people just blow from the back and come and scatter it. Have you ever asked yourself, what should I do under such circumstances? Because when you stand on one spot, you look like a fool. Not only do you look like a fool, you actually won't get, go anywhere that day in trying to obey righteousness. So you know what I do? I just have one target. I must never be the one to scatter it. When it is thoroughly scattered, I will navigate my way out of it in the, because there's no road anymore now. There's now cacophony disorder. In the midst of the disorder, I will find my way. I won't stay on one spot waiting for everybody to be ordered. When the whole place is now disordered, I will now look for the, in the midst of the disorder, I, so I end up driving disorderly. Do you get what I'm saying? But I told myself, how do I handle this? The wisdom I came to is that I will never, I will never be the one. Yes, all of you blow past, scatter it. I know if I, you know, the temptation sometimes that they, are, they will soon scatter it to, you jump to the front. So I let you get out on time. I said, no. It may cost me an hour. It may cost me 15 minutes. The opportunity to jump to the front, I never take it. Why? It mustn't go on record that I was the one that scattered it. Let all the children of the devil scatter it. <laughs> Let unbelieving Christians follow them. Then those of us who are of faith will be the last at the back. We will be the first in doing righteousness. Do you get my point? Yes. When it comes to doing right, we will be number one. The unbelieving Christians can be number two. And the children of the devil will be at the, but at the back. When it comes to doing wrong, in doing evil, the Bible says be babes. Do you get my point? What am I saying? So I'm just teaching us some practical tips. Because if each person, you know, I say, people talk about, I'm going abroad, why? Dollar is too expensive. Nine, nine, I want to go and give myself a better life. The only temptation I've ever had, okay, not really a temptation, it's not a temptation. The only reason on earth I've ever thought about to leave Nigeria and go and live in a better environment is only one thing. The bad behavior. Do you know bad rule has never worried me? Lack of power doesn't disturb me. I don't even see why anybody that's not manufacturing is complaining about lack of power. Most people complain about power failure. They, don't, they are not manufacturing anything. It doesn't bother me. He say, what if you can't sleep comfortably? Sleep on your balcony. Get big windows. You can design houses with tiny, tiny windows. Get one with big windows. Have your bath then. Get a fan. Blow yourself till you sleep. I don't have a problem with those things. The ones that pain me, the thing that pains me is when people are so, what's the opposite of civil? Now, I wonder whether I have civil inside. It's civil. <laughs> Uncivil. The one, I can't, that is, you are driving, you see an adult. Especially if one is a fine woman with lipstick and long lashes. Eat up and throw the wrap out of the window. You know, you want to overtake that motor. 
bring the woman down and say, go and pick I'll remove this, your butterfly eyes. If you don't go and remove that. <laughs> ah, this thing pains me. You see adults will be eating inside a car, grandma be tossing out of the window and say, ah, ah, where you come from? Don't they like good things? I'm going to say something here. If each one of us decide, now listen, what I said earlier, we don't have to come together and say, God, your plan will not work. No. In your life, just don't be God. In yours, don't be God. In mine, I want to be God. Once enough of us behave like that, cumulatively, we slow down deliverance. Yes. And when you are critical, there are people who are critical. Some people are not critical. Not they, are, they are not unimportant too. But they are just not critical. Let me say critical. Moses was critical in delivering the people of Israel. But there were many warriors following him, right? If you remove one person, it's not critical. Do you get my point? If you remove Miriam after they entered the Jewish she wasn't critical. Even Aaron was replaceable. Moses wasn't. That's what I'm going to say. Now, if you are one of those critical persons, you can retard a whole generation for 40 years. I'm giving you a sense of responsibility. Please, when you must do right, do right. It's not about you. Let me tell you what happens to the Lord all the time. He's looking at us and he wants to do you good. He wants to do us good. He wants to do the nation good. He can't. Some people don't know that some words that, look, anything God wants to do, what God cannot do, does not exist. You know, we say that all the time. Now, please, in context of nothing is too difficult for him, it's true. But that everything he wants to do will always happen is not true. They tempted God in the wilderness and limited the Holy One of Israel. Bear that in mind. You and I can limit God. I told you, when Elizabeth, because an angel went to Elizabeth and spoke to Elizabeth. The same angel went to, now you won't read that on your Bible, but not tell, believe me, it, it happened. An angel went to Elizabeth, spoke to Elizabeth. You are going to have a child. Elizabeth looked at the angel and said, Do you, are you sure you know what you're talking about? He said, look, yes. You are going to conceive in your old age, and you are going to get, get, have a child, and that child is going to be a foreigner to another child that will be born, to somebody you also know. Ah. Elizabeth said, no problem. The angel went and met Zachariah. And Zachariah was going to make Elizabeth miscarry. What I'm telling you is a matter of fact. So the angel said, ah, Omo, I won't let you spoil this thing. So he shut his mouth so he couldn't speak. And shut his ears so he could not hear. The Bible testifies of those two clearly. The third one which the Bible doesn't testify of is whether he shut his eyes partly. That's my own personal suspicion. I feel like he made the guy partially blind. But Zachariah could not hear. Zachariah could not speak. Why? Because if he could both hear and speak, Elizabeth would have miscarried. What I'm telling you is a matter of fact. So in this life, as you're walking, as you're walking by faith, as you're walking with God, just know it's not just about you. Next point, I, I mentioned this earlier. I just want to emphasize it again. Now, please, don't let this discourage you. Hmm? Then before, okay, let me say this so that you will not be discourageable. At the end of the day, each one will give account before the judgment seat of Christ. Now we've talked about that. Each person will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give account. Now you're going to give account concerning why you did not let the nation progress under your watch. So, now this is what I wanted to say. 
Some of the good things you are seeking may not happen in your lifetime. Okay? That's why I said don't be discouraged. This is why I said don't be discouraged. Yet, let it not go on record that you are the reason it didn't happen. That's why I brought up the issue of judgment seat. Let it just be that, God, I did what I was supposed to do. You see, when Paul was leaving Ephesus, he said something. He said, I'm innocent of everyone's blood. Now, many people died, though. Many people were condemned under that ministry. He said, but I'm innocent. Why? He said, I gave you the whole counsel of God. The only thing I could do, I couldn't force you to believe. I couldn't force you to behave. I couldn't force you to obey God. But one thing must never happen. That you didn't obey God because I didn't tell you. So he said, I'm innocent of everybody's blood. So that's one thing we must be as believers. Make sure, listen. They say there's corruption in Nigeria. Your target must be, I must not be one of the corrupt people. That is my law. That will not happen with me. I will not take bribes. I will not participate in bribery and corruption. I will not withhold anything from anybody that is due to him or her because the person has not given me money. I will not be induced to do that which is not right with money. Like I said, if you're a Christian, but they were sharing money to delegates in APC or PDP, did other parties share money? All those poor, poor parties, they couldn't have shared money. And that's a, that's a joke. I'm not saying. I'm not to share money anyway. But if you're a Christian delegate, you must never take. If your pastor says, take and come and give a tithe of it, two of you will be judged. You hear what I said? So there's corruption in democracy in Nigeria. Fine. I mean, you can't stop it. Only you can't. But this is where it starts from. You will say, I didn't do it. If they are voting, if they are sharing money, if you take that money, the car you drove there may be born in Jesus' name. You know, my name is Jeremiah Amos. You know, I've told you. I'm not, I don't joke in that area. I'm angry. Some people say, take their money and vote your conscience. You're a thief. It is not possible to take their money and vote your conscience. Because you're a thief. A thief has no conscience. You are, you are defrauding people. You've heard that said before. People say it. Ah, no, you still take it. Some people say, it's our money, it's our money. They will not take it. You are a criminal. Let's get it clear. You are one of the criminals. The fact that you now voted your conscience does not justify you. Why don't you just leave the money and not take it? I know $2,000 is a lot of money. Or $5,000, whatever, whatever they were sharing that time. This is the instruction of God for the children of God. Don't take it. Don't take it. If they are doing that which is not right, just say, look, you know what they are trying to do? You just want to say like Paul, I'm innocent of anyone's blood. Corruption did not prosper because of me. That's what you are trying to do. So they are voting, vote. Join politics, there is the will of God. There is nothing wrong with being a politician. When they start sharing money, please, don't collect. When they are saying vote for this party, don't take Please get my point. Each person is sowing a seed for progress. I hope you're getting my point. Because there's this tendency we have to just say that, well, I'm just a small person. What do you concern me? It's not people like me they are looking for. There are the big people out there who are doing the big, big, bad thing. But let me talk to us pastors too. Don't lie at all. See, if you're a minister, tell the truth. Whether your church will grow or it will not grow, tell the truth. If you say anything because it will make the church grow, and it's not fundamentally the truth of God, you have sown an evil seed into that place. 
Let me tell you something about evil seeds. They germinate. When they germinate, they will be so big, you would hardly recognize them. You know, you know there's somebody says something. Very, you know, this, I, I've, I, I've not heard the proverb in a very long time. Do you understand? But I heard it today because of a governor that dances. You know, they go dancing. Governor. Yeah, so I saw the proverb today. I don't remember. It's a proverb in Western Nigeria. They said that um, the wife you married by dancing, she will be carried away with a show. Did you get that? That is a show that will take her off again. So you use your dancing to attract her. They want the masquerade to come. She won't know why she will follow the masquerade. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, really. So as a pastor, hmm? When you lay the foundation, you do, some people say that, look, afterwards we will change. Another thing, you can never sanctify that which was inherently evil. Did you hear what I said? It is not possible to end up sanctifying that which in itself is evil. If you lay the foundation for that ministry, that's I'm giving as an example, with wrong precepts, wrong doctrines, so you have built the church now. You now have a church of 500, 1,000, 2,000 people. You now want to start teaching sound doctrine. It will not work. It will not work. It will not work. So better when you are starting, suffer for the sake of righteousness. I'm talking to ministers. Never preach anything because it will bring the crowd in. Never preach anything because it brings money in. We're still discussing it today in the back lake before we left. After we finish the, the, the afternoon session. See, remind, remind ourselves some funny things have happened around of a man who was preaching. See, ministers, be very careful. He was preaching, and he was making him a lot of money. Another man of God looked at what he was doing. He said, what this man is doing is wickedness. And then one day that preacher, you know what he did? He sat down, put his head down, and died. Just sat and died. That was just about a year or two after the other person. I said, what this man is doing is wickedness. I won't give you details of what he was doing. But what he was doing was wickedness. I just like to always drop words for ministers. When, when you want to do ministry, let the ministry be founded on the preaching of truth. Don't preach anything that attracts a crowd. Don't preach anything because it brings in money. Tell the truth and let the devil be ashamed like they said. One brother told us that in his place, if you preach against sexual immorality, nobody will come to church. I said, in that case... Preach it, let them not come to church. God will go out and judge all of them in their homes. They, don't worry, they will come running down one day. I hope you're getting my point. I'm emphasizing this because it's so important, all right? I'll still get back to the thing we're trying to say. It is possible for the people of God to gather and scuttle the plan of God for their generation. It is possible. And the way they would do it, like I said, they don't have to gather like the people of Israel. We're not able, we're not able, we're not able. No, they don't have to. Each person will just abandon his duty post because he has gone to look for money. And that person has gone to, will abandon his duty post because he wants to go and do what his father says. And that abandons his duty post because he wants to go and do that which pleases his villagers. And that will abandon his duty post because the senior pastor who promises him promotion demands that this is how you should do it. And then when you have enough Christians, now I'm saying Christians, no, my message is not for unbelievers. Because if people, what God wants to do, he has to walk through his own children, his own people. When enough of those people refuse to walk with God, then the plan of God for that generation is suspended for their whole generation. God waits for another generation to be born. I look over the Christianity in Nigeria today, and I'm almost afraid 
that we have a lost generation. Please, the word is what? Almost. 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 I pray it doesn't get there. Because sometimes when I hear Christians talk, I say, Jesus is Lord. You mean we are this ignorant? Look at this political... Look, I've been answering questions on the issue of politics. When I back looked today, I took a lot of time to answer questions. One brother really asked serious questions on the issue. Now, I'm not discussing politics now, but what amazes me is that so Christians don't know this. I'm like, what? So Christians don't know this? I get into arguments with people. When I say, no, a pastor cannot promote a candidate from the pulpit. You can't. In case you did not know, you cannot. They said one of our big denominations started a political, is it, advisory group. Huh? Yeah, a, a political, a, a department of politics and something, something. And they said, what's the purpose? Somebody said, is it right? I said, well, it's okay if the aim is to educate the church people on what God says about politics. The person read it out for me and said, no, it is to gather support for members who want to run for political office. I said, then it is evil. I said, then it is evil. You can't do that. A church cannot do that. I said, they can't do that. It's amazing that we don't know, but we can't. We must give ourselves continually to the ministry of the word. We must give ourselves continually to prayer. Leave it there. If some brothers gather together to support themselves, it is fine. If you're a member of Kingdom World Ministry, a regular person here, you're running for office, I will never announce you from here. Never. But we'll sit at the back and pray with you. I will come to your house if I support you because I may think that you are confused. (laughs) But you are so stubborn, I can't tell you. I mean, because there have been people, see, there have been, (laughs) one day a man says he's going to start a church. I looked at him, I said, you. (laughs) He said, Pastor V. I said, you? <laughs> I said, no, no, no. Are you sure you know what you're doing? I told him, I said, no, 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 no. no. I said, no, we need to see you. In my mind, you are, you are, something's wrong with you. I said, well, thank God now he has left the ministry. I said, when he told me he was leaving, I was praying. I said, praise God. A number of years, he stayed there for up to seven years. But after a while, he left. And when he left, in my mind, God just saved your life. The little understanding I have, I said, you have no business there. In the same manner, there are people who want to go into the world. You'll be looking at them like, oh boy, whatever is pushing you. Say, if you don't have work, let me go and let me take it to my friends who can employ you. The fact that your business is not doing well does not mean you have been called to politics. No, that's just an aside. So if I see, I mean, but really, if I believe in what you are doing, I will pray with you. I, if you are going for a rally, I will follow you in secret too. Because it won't be like, this is the official representation from Kingdom World. No. Is on a personal basis. I'm allowed personally to get involved in politics. But here, no, I don't care who you are. I'm not, I'm not look, like I said in our, today in the back league, I said if Pastor Yemi Osibajo had won, it would have been wrong and evil for redeem Christian Church of God to say all members should vote for him. God would have been angry with them. Now, let's not sit on that too much. But what shocks me is that I talk to Christians, they don't even know these things. I'm like, what? And you are ministers? The church is not a political party. Not being a political party, it cannot unify behind a political party. What you are saying is that if you are a member 
of other parties you don't belong in this church. Yeah, that's what he has said. Christians don't know it. When you take a stand from the pulpit, you have told every. You may think that no, I want everybody. No, 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 no. Somebody has the right to be in APC, PDP, Labour Party, and being a member of your church. So if you take one, I remember once my wife got into an argument with somebody over it. On the day of election, somebody said, "We should all queue up and go." And, because they felt that the it was in this state anyway, the governor at that time would be very popular. My wife said, "Look, this is a church. This is wrong." Of course, the person didn't take correction, turned it to fight. You cannot post to a church that had this morning network. Let's all go. Why? No. It is, I don't know. And Christians can't understand. Look, please, I'm still going to release a, 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 a teaching. I pray that God allows me to finish that. I just started it mentally a few days ago. It's titled, I said mentally, I've not put it down. But now I'm talking about it. It's titled, I don't know the title anyway. Now, don't laugh at me. I'm trying to say something. I'm trying to say something. I don't know the exact wordings. What I want to say is that don't number Israel or the numbering of Israel. I want to explain how Christians get into trouble when they fall for the sin of David in numbering Israel. I have to. Because right now, pastors are numbering Israel all over the place. And to come... Mark my words, come 2023, all of them will bite their fingers. Every single one will have regret. They will, they will come back to those poor people and start lying again. They are, count, they are, they are, they are numbering Israel all over the place now. And you want to, any pastor that says your PVC is your power is numbering Israel. And all of them will regret it come 2023. This all happens all the time. Four years ago, they regretted it. Eight years ago, they did. They will keep on regretting. Why? They are taking the name of the Lord and putting on the vain card. What I'm talking about is that sometimes it amazes me what even pastors don't understand. So they teach the people of God to walk away from the order of God. And when enough of us do it, they retard progress for the whole church and consequently for the whole nation for another generation. What I'm telling you, painful truths. I said to you, that's the one that, look, most things that happen in life, they don't bother them. The one I just can't stand. And you know the one that even annoys you more, more? Is when people that have no understanding are not arguing with you. Pastor Bank, what do you mean? You, are you saying you know some people don't know? If you don't quote scripture, you don't know. It's not me. Because I'm telling you, I'm giving you scriptures. Then you say, no, no, you start using common sense. Like the one I heard recently. He said, God will not come from heaven to come and give us leaders. I said, who told you he does it? Which Bible do you read? Did it not come from heaven and he just stopped Jeroboam? You are going to be the last leader of Israel? Did it not come from heaven and select Saul? Why do you say it doesn't come? The Bible makes it clear he comes from heaven. He tells this is the decree of the watchers. What? People say, hey, he won't come from heaven. We have to go and vote. I say, your vote is a mirage, your vote is an illusion. That's what the Bible calls, this is what he has given men to be occupied with. Your voting running up and down is your preoccupation while he does his work. You can never vote against, successfully now, you can never successfully vote against the instruction of the Almighty. You can't. I told you what one brother told me. He said, the Lord said to him through a vision, in a dream, that do what you want, you will not win that election. And everybody gathered and voted for him. 
And he won the election in secondaries. Remember our secondaries? Tertiary, God kicked him out. People have said things like, if all of us gather and just vote one. God said, who is it that says a thing and it comes to pass when the Lord has not commanded it? The gather against the Lord is not possible. So if you gather successfully and you voted for a candidate successfully and the person took office successfully, that was the person who God ordained. He just saw it fit to use your vote because he can save with a multitude. We're not saying he can save with a multitude, but he can also save with a few. But that which God has ordained is the one that will come to pass. I hope you're getting my point. That which the Lord ordained is the one that will come to pass. What am I talking about? It surprises me when sometimes you argue with Christians and you're looking like, why are you arguing? You quote scriptures for me now because let's not use common sense. Because the only sense we're allowed to walk by is the sense of God, which is revealed in his word. And I've been saying it because it's been so hot on my heart for the last few weeks. Christians, please don't follow all this nonsense that's going on. No. Your PVC is not your key. Let me sing a song for you. Hallelujah. <coughs> Give me key. The other day in my house, we sang. And I said, you should judge who sang best between my wife and I. And these children all agreed that their mother sang more. Meanwhile, my ear sounded better. <laughs> now, let me sing my song. Are you ready for the song? All right. Your PVC, I said, is not your master. It's not your key. Let me give you your key. Prayer is the key. Prayer is the key. Prayer is the master key. Jesus started with prayer and ended with prayer. Prayer is the master key. That's the song I wanted to sing for you. <laughs> you, wanted, you wanted me to rap, Abby? <laughs> I wasn't planning to rap. <laughs> that is the key. PVC is not the key. What is Christian PVC? Personal vengeance against corruption. God bless you. That is the PVC we should be preaching now. Again, I say it. Should we vote? Should we vote? Shout your answer. Should we vote? Because it's our civic duty. Is it our key? No. It's not our key. Is it the key to change in 2023? No. If anybody tells you it's your key, is telling you to number Israel. And God is going to come against the whole body with his judgment. We'll not let that happen. What am I saying in all of these things? Do you know we can all come together and scuttle the plan of God for this nation? What's my preaching about? Don't let's do it. Don't let's do it. How will the plan of God progress? It is that individually, you know, God is a master builder. He knows how he has arranged everything. One of the titles you will find for Jesus Christ is architect. He's an architect. Do you know the average workman at a site has no idea what the building will look like? He doesn't. They will come, um, you know, the architect and the building engineer, they will come, they do what they call setting out, preparation. They will put stick in places. And tie rope between sticks. Those um, yellow nylon ropes. 
You know, they don't do any hard work. All these architects and engineers, very lazy people. Abi, that is how the average person thinks. But you know what? He now tells the laborer, the manual laborer, the digger, dig here, six feet deep. See, you can't go one inch outside the rope. You can't go one inch in, inside the rope. You dig exactly the width of the rope, six feet, like he said. Whether you are using your hand, you are using a machine, you are using a jackhammer, just dig. When you finish digging, you go away. How that contributes to the building, you know the truth, it's none of your business. But let us assume you are one smart Alec. You decide to dig the one they did not tell you to. They say, ah, as you were going. Nah, this place is hard to dig. That place is softer. You remove the sticks. You shift it, put it down, and then you dig. And then the architect of the building here sends the next set of people to go and lay concrete down. By then, after a while, they will come and say, what's going on? The building is, now, you thought that let me pursue where life is easier for me. But now, you have retarded the progress of the building of God. But sometimes, it's a lot of money. Because by the time they find out, they probably have you know, cast some concrete, they have put in iron rod to dig that thing up. Is what? Let me ask you a question. What is the chance they will change the building design because of you? What's the chance? Zero. The architect didn't change the design because one smart aleck of a laborer decided to dig the wrong direction. Rather, he will invest more money, dig up the nonsense, break everything down, and start again. Which is what we compel God to do many times. How do we wreck a major building? By not following our personal instruction. That's all. We don't have to come together and say, this building, I will wreck it. The other day, there was one building I saw somewhere near that uh, Bokiti area. What do you call that area? That where the school is. MSP, yes, that area. I think on the second floor, <laughs> on the second floor, the decking caved in. Good enough, it was still under construction. On one side. So me and Bishop looked at it. I said, oh boy, you know what I was thinking of? You know, it was what you are involved in that you know, you start understanding some things. I was thinking of the millions. And they count the number of rods. You know, in my mind, that's a whole floor. Yeah. So I saw Bishop, I said, well, if the decking is bad, what about the columns? The pillars, something must be wrong too. The beams, it's the same thing now. I felt sorry for the owner. It hung like that for a few weeks. Then one day I came, the whole building was gone. Oh, they went, they brought, they broke it down to ground zero. Obviously, the work these men were doing was wrong. You remember that building that collapsed in Lagos? Same thing. The structural engineers looked and wrote a letter to the company. He said, he said obviously, you, you guys and us are not facing the same direction. We said, do one thing one way. They will do it another way. They say we are not doing it again. A few months later, from the 18th floor down, the whole building collapsed. 
and took it, a few dozens of human beings with it. We can't be shouting and say, ah, ah, ah. Do you know we are doing the same with, our, with God's plan right now? Many of us, God will say, stay here. He said, Lord, <laughs> come and dig here. You know how hard it is. <laughs> they will not get up and say, let me go and dig on the other side where it is softer. And then you dig and dig and dig and dig. Yes, and you dig successfully, except that it's not useful for anybody. It's not part of the plan. The master builder has his plan. And he has placed each individual where they are supposed to be. The assignment each believer has is to make sure that whatever I'm doing, I'm where I'm supposed to be. I want to call all of us, all right, to recognize today our personal responsibility. If you disobey God, it's not just about you. It's about me, too. I thought that's the part of it I don't like. Now I was telling you guys earlier. It's one part I just didn't... I just, ah, I feel like, God, if I just obey you now, let everything be okay. Because it's sorry, it doesn't work like that. Joshua, but I did not doubt. So can I go to the promised land ahead of them? The Lord says, no. Go and meet Moses. Walk with Moses. And walk with him. Caleb said, what about me? I'm not Moses' assistant. And God said, don't worry. You want to go and leave me alone there? Caleb says, no. He said, go and stay. The two of you, the curse I place upon the whole land will not apply to you. But see, this is your guy, Moses. He too will go. Those guys killed Moses. I hope you know that. They wore him out, drained his spiritual strength until God said, it is enough. Moses used to come home and go and rest. Only two adults that are above the age of 20 survived that experience. Joshua and Caleb. But like I said, the painful part for me was that yeah, they didn't doubt God. But 40 years they were in the wilderness. My personal disobedience is preventing you from getting to where you're supposed to get to. It's sad, but that's the truth. Your personal disobedience is preventing me from getting to where I'm supposed to get to. You know, there are people that if they don't, if they don't believe God, work and prosper. There will be portions of the work I'm supposed to do I will not be able to do. It's ever saying, but if you believe God all you want. The only thing is that I will not be held responsible. But the overall plan will be scuttled for a season. It can never be ultimately scuttled. But it can be delayed. That's I'm begging believers. See, anything God says, do. When I say God, just from studying scripture. Do, like my wife was praying at the beginning. Don't join anybody in doing evil. Don't. No matter the number of people doing it, don't. Because the only redemption for the whole land is those few people that said no. I said to us before, when God came to count Sodom and Gomorrah, he wasn't counting those who go to church. See how many Christians are here? If you know you're a Jew, if you're a son of the covenant, put up your hand. Amen. He wasn't. He just counted those who were not doing what everybody was doing. That's all. He was just counting those who did not agree that evil was good and that good was evil. That's all. He was just counting those who refused to go with the trend of the age. That's all. He found nobody to count apart from in the household of Lot. Lot was saved, but nothing was saved with him. All the riches he acquired over the years, all that one that he, was, he and Abraham were quarreling over, remember? Where was it? Smoked. Everything was smoked. People of God, listen. <laughs> when you are disobeying God, it's not only you. You are dragging the whole body of Christ down with you. And that is why God in his goodness, sometimes he looks and says, this pastor, the evil you are doing is too much. Leave that job. 
Listen to that prophet, Ken Hagin once speaking about, he said, the Lord told him that, look, that prophet that stands in the forefront of what I'm doing on the earth right now is leading the body as, of, of Christ astray. So I'm going to remove him. There are pastors that have been removed for that reason. See, you are leading the body of Christ astray. You know the funny thing? Let me just say something to pastors. There are two ways to lead people astray. One, to preach what is wrong. And two, not to preach against that which is evil. Mr. Nice Nice, you don't want to offend anybody. Sometimes by your silence, you are giving approval to incorrect doctrines. That's why sometimes you hear me talk the way I do. Let it not be that somebody heard me. Sometimes when I talk to people, like I talk to one brother, I said, he said, why are you answering? I said, I have to answer because there are people who are listening out for what I will say. Listen, this life, hmm? God has placed your life is not your own. God uses it for, for things. What do I mean? A lot of things happen in Nigeria. <laughs> like, NSAS period, as an example. Yeah, everyone, you just keep on checking our website. What did Pastor Banky say? What did Pastor Banky say? What did Pastor Banky say? They are checking. Every day, they are checking. They are checking. They log in. They hear who may say. They don't hear what I said. Now, I will say some things that don't have to be popular. But you see, I have to go on record that I led the people of God who God has told to look up to me for direction. It must be on record that I led them right. They don't have to agree with me. Like yesterday, I got into a big argument with people on this election matter. Yes. Big, big argument. Brethren. What was the issue? Because one man of God from his pulpit was fighting Muslim, Muslim ticket. And they do do it all over the country. And I said, how is your business? Are you a member of APC? That's my stance. You want to know, is the word of God? Don't joke about it. I said, are you a member of APC? It's a pre-election matter. It's none of your business. It doesn't belong on the pulpit. How many political parties do we have in Nigeria that are running for this election? There are many. You don't like these people? Go to the next one. Why do you make anybody's business your, your, your message? I see Christians camping around things that doesn't concern you. You know the interpretation of many people? Ah, Pastor Banky must be an ABC man. I said, it's not the first time. They've been calling me that for a long time. When some people found out who I voted for, they found out I voted for Jonathan, they couldn't believe it. I said, but okay, I thought you said we should vote. I said, me? Say you should vote for who? One yourself. I never said so. I just tell Christians, just mind the things that God says you should mind. And stop being afraid. These people are too, Christians are too afraid. They are so scared. What scares you? We've prophesied here again and again. Listen to me. Whoever wins the presidency next year, we win for your good. Amen. That's what you should be declaring every day. I don't want to say some more things in that area. That's what believers do. When I see believers talk sometimes, I say, your God must really have a fever. He's sick. Isn't it? I see you. Yeah, no, because the way you talk, Jesus Christ must be, must be in I see you. He's comatose. Let's go and donate blood for him. Maybe the one he gave for our sins on the cross, he needed it. Let's give him back. You see us talking as if the scripture says clearly, all things work together for my good. He said, but there's no but in it. I, you know, I've said, the promises of God are meant to be what? Activated. 
If you look and wind and wind, you know one thing that's common to all the people that God destroyed in the wilderness? What was it? They were murmurers. They were grumblers. They were complainers. Why do we want to make grumbling and murmuring the core of our, of our lives as believers? For information, those guys did not murmur against God. They murmured against Moses. So the fact that you are not murmuring against God does not justify anything. I say to believers, why, why don't you just gather and say, why do the hidden rage? And the people imagine a vain thing. That the kings of this earth have gathered against the Lord against the anointed, which nobody has done right now in that area. I hope you're getting my point. People are just trying to win their votes the way they know it. They're the children of this age. But let's even assume you thought so. Say, he that sits in the heavens shall laugh. Why don't you touch it? Oh my God! Why don't we just teach the church these things? We not tell them that what we are going to do, we are going to frustrate their counsel with their PVC. Does not sound stupid to you, except that you were the one saying it. If somebody else had said in your hearing, wouldn't you know the person was talking nonsense? When did the church become a political party? We are spiritual people, for goodness sake. You know, I've heard people say that angels don't count uh, votes in prayer. That is true. But prayer decides who wins. I don't care whether angels count it or they don't count it. Listen, you will never be a head of state. You will not survive as a head of state except the decree of the watchers say so. There's what they call the angelic watchers, which I am convinced some human beings are inside. There are people that God has look and say, you, come, sit down. These are the things. Three of you decide with me. Say, Lord, I can't see the heart clearly. Let me see the heart. Go open the heart. Say, this one goes to church, but it's an idol worshiper. What is his plan? You look at it and say, God, that will not work in favor of your plan in this nation. God said it will not work. So that's why I called all of you. Now decree for me. Say, Lord, let's make it a big show. But let him win. But don't let him be crowned. And the Lord will say, okay. Precisely what happened to M.K. Abiola. The watchers said no. The whole country said yes. The watchers said no. You know? Solomon said there's an evil I've seen under the sun. I've seen servants riding on horses. And the princes walking barefoot on the ground. What does it mean? People who don't know the Lord, they every time. Let me say something to you. Do you know how these guys win the election? You think it's campaigning? No, it's not campaigning. It's sacrifices. You know, people who don't know anything don't know what's going on. Why do you think they complain about human beings disappearing? Remember what our friend said? Let me not mention, one brother told us something. He, God sent him to go and see somebody. So when the man saw him, he saw his, let's be like this, he saw his light, he saw his star, he saw the glory of it. He said, young man, give me the go ahead. What did he say? He said, I will sacrifice how many young men? Yes. He said, I will sacrifice, he gave us the number, that the man told him, I will sacrifice 14 young men and 7 virgins, and within a year, the whole country will look for you. He told him, don't worry about where I'll find them. Just give me the go-ahead. Oh, you think people will win elections? You now see the people who God left power in their hands. 
And they start talking with fear. I've not seen any of these preachers who are shouting PVC to say, people, open your Bibles to the book of Psalms, number two. Everybody rise to your feet and let us read together. And just don't mention names. It's not necessary. Because the Spirit of God, he said the mouth of the Lord has spoken. His Spirit has gone out and gathered them. The Spirit of God knows who to gather. He said, read from the book of the Lord. None of this shall fail. Neither will any lack his mate. Say, because the mouth of the Lord has spoken and his spirit has gone out to gather. Don't need to mention anybody's name. The word of God is alive and is active. You will say the angels don't, they don't count what you say, you, you give in prayer. Is it the one on Twitter they will count? The one you are retweeting on WhatsApp, you sending around on WhatsApp, is that the one they will count? You know, when, you know, when you hear, especially Christian leaders talk, I say, do you know what we are dealing with here? You think we are wrestling against flesh and blood? You want to use canon things to solve spiritual problems? Say to the law and to the testimony, you should know where to go. You think, I pray you get it. Some people think that, oh God, you know when you talk, they say you are being superstitious. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to let you know that you have power in your hands. Start running up and down like people that God is not with. What shocks me is when I <laughs> Christians, teachers, pastors, I don't know these things. And when you talk, they want to be arguing with you. Unless, sir, I'm not trying to be proud, but give me superior argument. I don't have to come down to this your mundane, earthly, fleshly level. I'll tell you about the God I serve. He makes kings. He determines who will rule. He changes seasons. Your voters' cards don't. If, let me tell you how God is. If he's angry, he can scribe eye neck a day to election and say, election will not hold. You know what the Bible calls him? The governor among the nations. I will talk as if eye neck is a governor among the nations. And confused human beings can gather together and scheme against the Lord. No. Let's bear in mind. If we don't get it right as individuals, it becomes getting it wrong collectively and then we scuttle the plan of God. So if God wants to make progress for us in a nation like this, I will say it doesn't go to Sodom and Gomorrah to come, no, this would have got the church if you have been baptized in, in the water, put up your hand. No. It just goes there. Who are those who don't take bribes? Who are the judges that don't take bribes? Who are the lecturers that don't sell marks? Who are the pastors that don't twist the word of God for what they will get out of it? And to whom much is given? Much is expected. So when he wants to judge you and I, <laughs> say, who are those who have been obeying what Pastor Banky has been teaching them? Even though it's not common knowledge, but you are scored negatively if you don't live up to it. That's what he's doing. He just goes around checking. He says, I need that critical mass. There's a certain number I must get for the nation to move forward under your watch. If I don't get it, I go back again. When I was in Sokoto, Dr. Fagubi said something. Ha! He said, God will go and he will come. Now, I'll say this in another way. But when he showed the scripture and brought the light, you know, I used to say that if God doesn't say, you know, I said, God will just destroy everything. He gave me the scripture. He said, Jesus said he came there three 
years looking for fruit. In the third year, the, the gardener said, no, he said, do what? Cut it down. He said something to me that day. He said he did not say uproot it. I said, what? He said, yes. He referred me to Daniel again. I remember that in Daniel chapter 4, he told them to do what? Cut the tree down. So anytime they cut a tree down, God is going to give it time to grow again. I said, wow. That is God will cut the generation. Wipe down and say, a new generation should grow again. Let's start again. Precisely what he did with Israel when they were leaving Egypt. He, he cut the whole giant generation, cut them down. But the root was still there. Then they grew again. Because they let's start again. I don't know whether you are following what I say. That's what will happen if we don't do what is right. We will suffer. One day we'll not. Oh, listen. <laughs> Life expectancy will be shortened. People will be dying quicker. Road traffic accidents will take some. Headsmen attack will take some. Bandits will take some. Disease will take some. And that day I saw in the papers, Marburg virus seen in Ghana. I said, don't come here. Marburg is like Ebola. I said, these are the things that will just be released. Hunger will take some. But on the average, people just start dying early. He said, life expectancy is now 44. Oh, yes, in Nigeria it's 50-something. It doesn't mean when you are 50 you will die. No, that's not what it means. It means average. It means a lot of people have died at 10, 11, 12, 1, 12, 13, 40, then the only minority live to old. They only average it. So the average age of death, I think last I checked was 53. Is it 56 or 57? 50 something anyway. And don't think that's worse it can be. There was a time on this earth, it was as low as 40 something in European countries. They died from war, they died from plague. It was God saying they are not bearing fruit. Please, I began this by trying to say something here. The plan of God. Each person must contribute his or her quota. Don't worry about the overall plan. The master architect has designed the overall plan. But he says, you, be occupied with this until I come. Occupy with the one I gave you. It doesn't have to appear big to you. Your job may just be, hey, lay the tiles in this corner. Every time they get to the floor, lay the tiles in this corner. You'll be amazed at how critical that is. Some people say, what would the tile do with this thing? And look at the whole structure. Don't worry about the tiles. Then one day, the whole building starts sagging. And then the master architect comes and says, why is there water here? He said, no. He brings out the plan. There's supposed to be tiles here. The reason why I put tiles here is to prevent moisture from percolating through. Where is there no tile here? Well, the guy who was supposed to do it that time said that there's really no need. Nobody will see it outside. And that nobody's walking over it. And they won't come out of the house. So you just rub cement over it and run away. And the architect, God says, we well, see, see the problem. This is why water has been dripping through here slowly. Slowly. Over years, it's been weakening this beam and this, you know, columns here. It's been slow. But I knew what I was doing. And then the whole building starts sagging. Because one irresponsible child of God did not do what he was told to do because he judged that it was not important. The world will not teach us what is important and what is not. See, material things is not what came to this world to accumulate. And that's actually what I want to teach you today, but let's see whether I can get there. 
Because many people, that's why they forget the assignment, the place that God said they should be. Like I was in the back, like, see, do you know that there are people that God calls and their own job is to pray? For some of them, it's a full-time job. For many more, it's a part-time job. When I say part-time now, they will still do something else on the side. But they will spend hours daily praying. They are not allowed to grumble. They are not allowed to whine. They don't have a, they are not allowed to ever complain about anything but just to pray. It's one of the most difficult jobs in this world. You know why? Nobody's even encouraging you. By law, nobody discusses it. There are people who have celebrated before, people like uh, this Suzette Horton, that used to teach and lead intercession for, um, um, what's his name? Rehund Bunky. We celebrated them, recognized them, knew their assignment. But I think God just made those people know, known so that many people will be able to do their own assignment. But there are many people like that you will never know that they are there. They, can't, they cannot brag about their work. And sometimes they don't see the fruit in 10 years, in 20, in 30, 40. And some of them, before they die, God just show them vision. So you didn't pray in vain. But it will not happen in your lifetime. But I've accumulated your prayer. I will add it to those of those who will come after you. So I can break forth something onto the earth. And the person will suffer a lot of loss. If he or she does not do that obscure job, which God has said you will do for two hours every day. There are people that God keeps alive and their job is to be praying. They don't go around doing evangelism. This man talked about in his book, Maharishi of Mount Kailash. The man is hundreds of years old. God kept him alive to pray. And, and listen, each person must do his assignment. Each person must do her assignment. I said at the beginning, it's not a game of chance. You, just go, you don't come to life to come and see what can we achieve in this haphazard life. No. There's a master architect, whatever it is, we're going to be talking about it, of course, how you locate yours. Whatever it is that is yours must be done. Otherwise, you, you ruin everything and God has ordained this so that we can ruin everything for our generation or for one or two generations. We keep on making it go back to start again until it gets to a generation that gets it right. I said at the beginning, sometimes I'm almost afraid that we are dealing with a wasted one right now in the body of Christ in Nigeria. But I say no. I say no. I say no. It will not happen. I say no. I say no, no, it won't happen. No. Because listen to me. See, you know Nigeria as a country, hmm? it has a church. It's a blessed nation because of that church. But that nation will never see the blessing until that church does what is right. That's what I'm going to all of these things. Each one of us, how do we pro- promote the agenda of God on the earth? It's simple. It's not by all of us knowing it. No, that's not it. It's by all of us recognizing that whatever he has given us to do, whether it appears small or big, must be done with diligence, knowing that the master architect knows what he's doing with what I am doing. Did you hear what I said? He knows what he is doing with that which I am doing, which, of course, he gave me to do. <laughs> Let me give you an example. You know, it has crossed my mind once in a while. And people, a lot of people don't get it. Kingdom World Ministries, when I look at us, the ministry is funny. When I say funny. You know, people have come to me before. They want to work with me in ministry. 
After a few days, they run away. I remember one man said, God said I should come and learn from you. After a week or two, he disappeared. Then my wife and I will sit down and analyze. Do you know why they run away? Well, like the labor party. No structure, thank you. People have looked. You walk with this guy. When will you be promoted? It's not open. It's not opening branches. I've seen. No, it has happened again and again. They will just come after a while. I mean, it doesn't bother me. I say, if you come to me, you came to learn. I don't have a corporate spiritual ladder for you to climb. I don't have any structure. You will never become um, a regional pastor. Forget that. How will you become a bishop? When even me, I'm not a bishop. <laughs> so even when APC wants to hire people, they can't hire you. <laughs> even they say APC hired bishops, have you? <laughs> they can't even hire you. People have looked at me, what does this man have to offer? Nothing. So they go away. And I always like it like that, Go. Sometimes even me, I look at it. What are you people doing? So we're just teaching the word and broadcasting it. In a funny way, this is not a bragging thing, all right? Just giving you facts. I think as of today, landmass, landmass, we cover with the gospel many times a week, at least three quarters of Nigeria. Yeah, that's not, that's, I said at least. Because once we added Lagos and added Abuja, because if we join it, as it is right now, Southern Nigeria, I would say 90%, is covered edge to edge. Enugu is saturated. Anambra is the most saturated. Anambra, how many radio stations do you have in Anambra, Felix? Huh? Okay, then we are city. Yes, okay. Imo, we also have two. Yeah, there's one in Oldu and then in Oweri. We have in Aba, we have in Portacot, we have in Abakaliki, we have two in Enugu. That's urban and solid. Okay? You can keep, that's how we go do it. We have in Otupo, we have in uh, Makodi, we go down, we have in Adamawa, the, uh, that's it. Uh, no, Kefi, that's Nasarawa down the line. From there, Abuja, that's so they connect. Then from there to Kaduna, then Bauchi, Gombe. That's how it is. At least. I just, maybe on the map, we should just circle where they cover. I think it's at least three quarters. Because I mentioned Kaduna, I mentioned Bauchi, I mentioned Gombe, I mentioned Nasarawa, I mentioned Adamawa, I mentioned Taraba. Did I mention Taraba? Taraba is part of it. Oh, let's not even, the, the whole of the Southeast is, they overlap severally. Then, of course, Badon, we did Badon. Ah, we did Badon well, well. We've joined Badon, has not joined Lagos. We're in Akure, two in Akure also. Oh, yes, in Akure, two in Akure. Oh, did I mention Kogi? Edo, yes, we're in Edo. We, you know, that's how we just go one. Ah. And then I said, no, at least three quarters of the landmass of Nigeria is covered back to back. So I wonder, so, and you know, you don't raise money on, on air. If you have been blessed, send us an offering. I have never said it. So, basically, there is nothing we are selling on air. We are not building branches in those places. Okay, you're using the thing to gather branch for your, people for your branch. No. So, so bank, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know, too. <laughs> That's where I was going. Where do you think I was going? 
The master architect knows. He didn't tell us. All he gave us is instruction on what we are supposed to do. And he said, do that consistently. That's all. But I've seen it bear results. I've seen testimonies, and the testimonies are quite encouraging. The one I find most interesting of them all was a man who came, came to Enugu here from Kefi, right? And he told the story of when he went to Abuja. He was in a car shop, had some business, they were trying to buy a car or something. And he heard somebody talk. Other him were any two people share. Him being one of them. One looked at the other person. The person said something, and he looked and said, do you listen to Pastor Bank? Just from what the person said, the guy looked. He brought out his phone. And showed him what he was just listening to. He took brother his device. Show, and they hugged each other. They became friends. <laughs> he said, I just, he heard the other person talk. He said, the way you sound. Does that satisfy me? No. I know that that will work. One person can't do it. My next prayer is to raise 10,000 teachers who teach Bible studies somewhere every week. How would I do it? No, I just pray about it. You know why? Because we have to saturate the earth with the knowledge of the glory of God as the water covers the sea. What he's going to do with it, I don't know how he's going to use it. I have some understanding quite all right. That if enough people, now I'm just giving you my own job. That's my job. There are people that their job is the same job and they are doing their job, the same job, working with me. Some are doing their job, the same job, working without me. They are on their own. Some have never heard my name. Don't think this spirit is only... No, no. God is... So, but you know the problem... In fact, what I wanted to teach today is this. The problem a lot of times... The problem a lot of times... Is this thing I told you about. People just come in. Where is the future here? They can't find it. And they walk away. And that's what I wanted to teach, actually. To let people know. Don't worry about the future. That is the instruction I came with today. Don't worry about the future. Don't worry about it. A young man walked up to me here one day. I won't mention the name of the church, but he'd been in a particular church. Okay, no, I think it's not a big deal. He's been in a particular church. He's gone through their training, all right, for years. He's supposed to qualify the following year and become a recognized priest, okay? I just use the word priest, okay? Or minister, whichever one you want to call it, but... He said, but God has been dealing with him that he needed to leave. Let's forget the reason why he needed to leave. But the, reason, the, 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 the thing was clear. He had to go. So he came here one day. I think, anyway, this, he got to see me. After we talked, so he came to ask me, when I leave, what will I do? He said, the way the thing is, if I don't finish, all my learning is useless. You can't get a job with it. You can't go to a church and say, hire me as a pastor. You didn't even finish. So what will happen to him? Especially since his whole family, you know this kind of thing that everybody in the family is waiting. For whatever reason, in his own case, God said, no, I don't want you to finish this. So he came to ask, so what will happen to me? You know the answer I gave him? I don't know. And it's forbidden for you to worry about it. The training is long. I think it's like seven years. Okay, say more. Okay. He had one year to go anyway. And he stood here that day I was telling me. 
So that's the only thing. And I said, sorry, I have nothing to offer you. But one thing I can assure you is that God, if he's the one leading you and giving the instruction, he can be trusted. He does not fail. He has his plan. Derek Prince, I think his progressive commitment or one of his books or one of his messages, Derek Prince explained what happened to him. An only child who had a grandfather that loved him plenty. He was, a, the war ended, Second World War. He was a soldier in the British Army. He was in Palestine. And they said the British, they owed him a duty to take him back home. But the door opened for him and God let him know. And that's one thing you must understand. Don't joke with God. You know, I keep on saying it. Say God let him know that this for you now is a watershed moment. You can enter the boat, go back home, and live a good and normal life. Or you can go through the door that I've opened for you. Now that door has costs. It has consequences. He wasn't going to go back home. His grandfather was alive. That grandfather I was talking about only because he was praying for the man. The man had stage 4 prostate cancer and was supposed to have died. But he kept him alive through prayer and intercession, begging God so that he would see him again. Now the opportunity to go and see the man again now came. And the Lord said, it's your choice. If you don't go, you will never see him again. He didn't go, never saw the man again. He never did. He said he realized that God was telling him, make up your mind. Either you are working with me or you are going back home. It's not easy. God messed his life for him thoroughly. But you know the truth? God made him a teacher of the word. And gave him a vision from the, from the early days. He said it shall be a spring. The spring shall become a stream. The spring shall become a river. Then it shall become an ocean. And he told him how his life is going to be from that vision. That this assignment I've given you is going to cover the whole earth with the teaching of the truth of God. The man has blessed billions. There was a time his broadcast was covering half of the globe daily. We're talking about covering three quarters of Nigeria, have we? I was doing like, yeah, we did try. His own was half of the globe daily. They translate his messages then, they were translating it to, into five Chinese dialects. And airing it in China under a Chinese name. They gave him a Chinese name, which meant, I think, light beer or something. And then they will listen to his message and translate it into Chinese. And a Chinese man will just read out, as he's saying, he's best translating five Chinese dialects. Because he did not accept to go back home. <laughs> no, we will not. You see, Pyleton interests me. I carry this book around now. That God, the vision you gave this man, it will come to pass in my lifetime. Amen. And I'm not going to do it alone. I will talk and talk until everybody that listens to me drinks of that spirit. In which what concerns them is not their own comfort. It's not. It's that the plan of God in their generation will be fulfilled. A plan they don't know, a plan they don't understand. But which each person knows that I have a part to play. And whatever has been given to me, play my part. That's what I need to do. And let me tell something to you again. Please, I talk about myself once in a while. Do you know why? Because I know myself. I don't know you. 
Do you get my point? I want to tell you something about when I talk about myself. If there's a spirit that's led, that led me this far, and you listen to me, that same spirit will carry you to where you're supposed to go. Amen. That's the point I'm trying to make. It's not about trying to be exactly like Pastor Banky. No. No. There are people that will finish listening to me teach, and they will listen consistently for some time, maybe for months, for weeks, for years, maybe. And then when they want to manifest for them, it will be clear prophetic visions. They won't teach you. But each time they open their mouth, they are seeing heaven clearly. They are giving people direction. There are those who will listen. They will listen because they wait. The knowledge of witty inventions. Sit down here. Let me tell you which program to write. I hope you know the word of God is alive. And they can write programs. So let me give you a code. You are going to invent a new coding system. This is what you are going to do. Are you saying the person sits down? <laughs> you know, I write books. Hmm? Every single one of my books you have read, I wrote. Nobody transcribed any book and I have in circulation. None. The funny part is anytime I write, eh, I wish you were there. It's so smooth and so sweet. I don't swear to. I, I told you the joke. <laughs> That happened in my house. My wife told my son to type something. So he was slow, but well, she felt that he had not done it on time. She said, Look, type this thing now. He said, Mommy, I'm trying now. He said, If it's your father now, he will have finished this since. The boy said, Mommy, you are comparing with me, Daddy. He types for a living. <laughs> <laughs> you look at the track like this is faith. I did it at a sitting. I just typed, Mark of the Beast. It was supposed to be like that. Let me just type something just to encourage people. By the time I finished, it was so long. Just a few sittings. It was so long, it had to become a small book. So I sent to one of my friends. He has gone home to be with the Lord now. When he read it, he said, Banky, you just finished a book. I said, it's a small one. He said, you're too much. I said, Oga, I'm not too much. It's the Holy Spirit. It's called an anointing. Anytime I just, okay, let me not continue talking. Let me see what, that's what I want to say. So there's an ease with which I, you sit down and you read all those books. I wrote, I told the choices I wrote on paper and sent to this girl. This would be a girl then, now she's a young woman. Some of you call her mama. And like one man said, please don't age my wife for me. <laughs> when you see mothers calling you mama, you become a grandmother. I have a, I have, and I'm just starting. <laughs> I wrote it by hand and gave to her. We married, she brought it back. That is, brought it into the house. I published it after we got to Enugu as a book, Choices, Key to Destiny. Now, I haven't said all of this. You know what I'm saying? That is the ease with which you will write codes. Amen. If that, that's the ease with which you will design. Amen. That's the ease with which you will build. That is the ease with which we launch businesses. Amen. That is the ease with which you will bring in finances. Amen. That is the ease with which you will win elections. Amen. I told you people don't win elections because of these things. Elections are won because men sacrificed. Your own sacrifice was on the cross. And when you give your life to Christ, you have offered your own sacrifice. That is the ease with which you will win elections. Amen. I want to speak to somebody who is into you know, politics. Don't worry. Stop running up and down. Sit down where you are. 
do what God brings to you on a daily basis. One day you'll be president. One day you'll be a senator. <laughs> In his days, Ambrose Ali was governor of Bender State. He was a university professor, Professor Ambrose Ali, a pathologist. Time for election, UPN. They picked him come around for governor. Then he won. That was 79, I think. He became governor. The man who sponsored him, his name was... Um, yeah, I'm, I think... Anyway, let me just... Let me, Bende at that time was the whole of Edo and the whole of Delta. So, that was Bende. It was a very big state. So this man... So after all the election has been done, so now I went to meet the big man. We have won now. I'm not the governor. So, sir, what do you want me to do for you? The man said nothing. I looked around. I decided that you are the best person to be governor of this state. That's why I spent all my time and my resources to make you a governor. Now go and be a good governor. That's what the man wanted. I can't remember the, the, the man who did that. But somebody did that. But this, is the man, this was the university professor. They know they get money. Those days, professors were some of the poorest people in Nigeria. They just have title. <laughs> and he became a governor. Listen, don't think you need money. If God wants to... Do you know who became... Who, who was a, a, a president of Israel after Saul? David, thank you. You think David had all the resources? God just spread his news around. Men said, this is a man on whom the Lord has poured his oil. Even the king's men of Saul will come. Lay down their arms before him. Say, sir, see this? These are my brothers, commanders. This guy can sling with his right hand, and use his left hand as a strand of hair and not miss. And he has command. Each one of them commands 50. Who can do the same? We are here at your command. And he was a young man. He was just about the age of 30. Seasoned warriors. Ah, If you read your Bible, eh, the man like Joab, he will scare you. You have a family where everybody is a fighter. And I don't mean WrestleMania. <laughs> My God. You know, I just want to see those people. And then if you, if you I was reading Joab, all right, certain things led to it this morning, early in the morning. I was reading Joab, and I realized that Joab was not just a skilled fighter. He was a man who knew the grace of God in, in warfare. I, I won't tell you the reason why I found out. He was not just a skilled fighter. He knew the grace of God in warfare. The guy knew how to tap an anointing for war. He knew. He did. And you know, Joab so saved David. You don't get me. Joab saved David so much that when he sinned, David couldn't do anything. You don't understand why David couldn't do anything to Joab. This is loyalty. Joab's loyalty was interesting. Joab will fight and fight and fight. David is back home. He will take a city. He had fought, risked his life, commanded his men. The last thing now is to dethrone the king. She said, everybody, wait. Send for David. They will stop fighting until David comes. And they say to David, if you don't come, David was his cousin. If you don't come, I will have to do this, take the city finally, and they will name it after me. And I don't want that to happen. It has to be the city of David, not the city of Joab. 
And David said, okay, get into his chariot. They ride down. They'll clear the way for him. Just take his sword. Just cut something. Remove this crown from the head of the king. King David. David goes back home. It's now called city of David. So you think, <laughs> you think David fought and took Israel all by himself? No. David was so favored. Men will risk their lives to fetch him a cup of water. I'm preaching to you if you're into, calling to politics. God will send people to help you. Amen. That's what I'm saying. You will win elections with ease. You, that is, you won't have to take an oath for anybody. See, from the time you are young, just tell everybody I'm serving God. It's not a do or die affair. That's what I'm trying to say. The master architect who has designed everything. I may not be able to tell you this is your assignment, but I'm telling you, as you pay attention to the things we are teaching, you will flow naturally into your assignment. You will. You will understand what it means when it says each, each of one has grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Each person has grace. The problem we have a lot of times is that we don't stir the grace up through interaction with the Spirit. The truth is that each person has grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. They now said each one will exercise them accordingly. What happens a lot of times is that when people look at their grace, look at the measure, they look at the direction, the more this grace improves, there's no money following it. That's why, you know, one of the places where Satan has deceived young people Eh? is those who have this gift for singing. The minstrels amongst us, the praise leaders and all of that, the world loves them. Because sometimes, not only that, anyway, I just realized, not only also, not only those people, even we preachers, before you know what's happening, they turn you to a motivational speaker. One hour, half a million. One day, five million. But when you get there, don't mention the name of Jesus Christ. This is business development. And you know the truth, the grace will still flow. They don't want sweat, sweat here all the time. Just sweat, sweat for two people, two businesses, two telecom companies, two banks, two oil companies. And you come back, you buy land in, in Jerry. You go out, go and sweat for some time. That's why some people have gone, and not mention names on... Uh, I've been going around in this world, listening to messages, being where people preach. Among the top five most anointed meetings I've been in, he was the one preaching. Yes. That clown with earrings now. Carrying stupid jokes. Cracking stupid jokes. Yeah. He preached so much. 45 minutes to one hour. Not up to an hour. And you know it's not the excellency of words. It's a grace. He preached without anybody to come to the front. People were running down to lie down the altar to pray. When the Bible says that the ministers could not stand, the priests could not stand to minister because the glory of God filled that temple. This man finished preaching, he could not stand to walk out of the place. They literally carried him out. The anointing was too heavy. I still remember the message he preached. Just talking about the faithfulness of God. Being a comedian, he makes you laugh. When this man was done, I'm telling you, listen, I've been going to anointing meetings since I was a teenager. And I'm telling you, in the last 30-something years, I put that meeting amongst the top five. 
that I've been in. So I look at him, I shake my head. I said, a coward. Why? Because anointing does not bring money. It doesn't. I, ha- I have it. <laughs> it's not marketable. The owner of the anointing forbids you from marketing it. Anything that he gives you, you take. And that's the problem. I thank God for someone like Martin Abbasi. May the Lord bless him. Yes, may the Lord continue to keep him. Let him continue doing what he's doing that I can see. The man, he just, he just occupy himself with leading us in praise. He just occupies himself with leading us in praise. Listen. Hey. Those who don't do it, they, when you, if you decide to sell that thing for money, the world buys. And, oh, my brother, they buy with good money. They buy, when the world wants to buy that thing, the Bible calls them the adulteress that haunts precious lives. When they want to buy, they buy. All you've been doing is you've been singing, drawing your keys, blowing your trumpet, doing everything. They look at you, oh boy, let us start. Hold out half a million dollars first. We never sign contract. Just hold them. Just sniff them at the current rate of 600 or something. Like you are looking at yourself. Is this 300 million I'm holding right here? And they say, it's yours. And you know why they are giving it to you. Then Satan will come and tell you, listen, now you can take care of your mother, your father, all those your brothers and sisters, your uncles that have been looking at you, the ones who contributed money that you used to go to school. It's for the glory of God. If you just send 10% of this to Pastor Banky to share, say he cannot do 200 radio stations, just give him small of it. This is how Satan talks to people. They will not give you their terms and conditions. Sometimes there's no need for terms and conditions. That money alone is a sale. Once you collect it, you don't sell. So it takes the grace of God to give them their money back. And listen, this is that small, small. That brother I was talking about. I don't think he started like I'm not going to preach again. I just started inviting him to play. Next thing you become MC at um, state events. Yeah, MC at in strange places. Where your anointing cannot flow and you keep going. That is why, listen, me as a person, God helping me. Father God, please keep helping. It's not every invitation I take up. For those who don't know, if you give me the impression the invitation is a show, I don't care who you are, I'm not going. I told you I was invited to a church once to preach. By the time I was done, I said, I'm not coming back here. It's the kind of place pastors would like to go because you are going to be mingling with. You know, no big people. It's the church I told I went to preach. Somebody came for counseling and we're discussing three billion there. That you know, we collected three billion. I was looking at the woman, three billion. <laughs> like, did you just say three billion? Big people. But I, I went there once. I told them, I told my guy, I said, You people are not serious. I'm not coming again. I said, I'm not coming again. Once, I said, I'm not coming again. You are not serious people. I don't care how rich you are. You are not serious people. I said, I'd rather go to a secondary school to go and preach than come back here. I, I told my friend, I told him straight, you are not serious human beings. If you like send private jet to come and carry him, I'm not coming. You have to be careful. Listen, <laughs> the world, they like to buy. They buy. It's called 
the adulteress haunting precious lives. You have to be careful. Each time you sell, you retard the plan of God. Each time you sell, you retard the progress of this nation that God has kept his church inside. Each time you sell, you retard the ultimate plan. I look around me in this nation and believe that things are supposed to be much better than this because of the influence of the church. It's supposed to be. But you know the problem? We have sold too many things. We have not walked in the light of the Lord. We have gone pursuing many things. I've seen many preachers who are supposed to be teachers of the word of God. You know what they are teaching? Business principles. Because it makes money. If I gather people in any good and say, everybody, come and pay 15000 there to hear me, won't you ask whether my head is correct? Say, Pastor Banky is backsliding. Why? He says 15000 15, there, and he has only 50 seats. But if I decide that, no, I convert it to business consultancy, the same people that will not give man of God 15000 do you know they will look for that money? And they will be thanking the man that he's cheap, that for that road to the collect 200000 that if his brand tracing night to be uh, two $200, say this man, and it's the same thing, and it's very cheap. Well, if I go down, <laughs> the annoying one is, let me not go to the annoying one. Okay, let me give one annoying one. Okay, when there's a rich man came from Anambra telling him to change the time of world versus world. And he didn't bring money to pay for any session. I'm bringing the world to you free of charge. You traveled down. That you change the times to suit you. And your speed did not say, just pay for, okay, just one quarter. It, that program is not free. Meanwhile, if he charges now, say, please, to tune in is 59. They go cuss and down Twitter. You know now. What have these men of God become? It's the reason why many of us say we know they do again. Exactly. Hashtag sell. <laughs> Hashtag Icarbot. Is this what many of us say we are not doing again? We now go and we now abandon the teaching of the word. So teachers who have the knowledge, they have now become scarce. They are scarcer and scarcer every day. Oh, the Lord is good. I just realized that I'm still talking, and I was supposed to be going home. <laughs> Did you just know that I'm still talking? Did you notice that? That I've not stopped preaching. You know, this anointing is very funny. When I started this evening, I was so tired because I stood like this for over three hours in the back leaky. They would drove straight here and I'm out. But now, I'm feeling refreshed. In fact, I'm stopping because of you. And I'm not joking about it. If you dare me, <laughs> the Lord is good. Let me summarize everything I've said today. Listen to me. Please, don't forget it. Don't take obedience to God and following the plan of God for your life as a matter of personal convenience. It's critical to the plan of God. So you are going to pray and say, Lord, lead me into that plan. Let me not frustrate you over all or all plan. Begin to pray, please. It's very important. You need to pray. Say, Lord, lead me into that plan. I said something, please, as you are hearing the word, the Spirit is entering into you and setting you on the right path. I did not come to you with the excellency of man's wisdom, but by demonstration of the Spirit, I'm leading you by God's Spirit into God's plan for your life. That plan that will transform nations. That plan that will prosper the gospel. That plan that people like Pai Elton left their countries, came and lived in this nation to accomplish. From here, God is bringing his church into a revival that's going to cover the whole of Africa. And it's going to spread to the rest of the world. That's what we are preaching. That's what we are preaching. We're not preaching this earth. We're not preaching 
ending our lives here, we are preaching the fact that God has an eternal plan. And this generation must activate it. This generation must activate it. As each person begins to walk in the plan of God for his life or her life, you are activating the eternal plan of God in your generation. That's what we are doing. You are activating the eternal plan of God in your generation. And I'm saying don't sell. Don't sell. Don't sell. Don't worry about comfort. He will take care of you. Don't worry about comfort. He will take care of you. Don't worry about it. He will take care of you. Whatever you are doing in life, know it's a mission for the Lord Jesus Christ, for the advancement of his kingdom. I said to you, ease will come. It's called grace. Ease will come to you to accomplish the plan of God for your life. Just commit yourself to it.